Hi, welcome to Heads Up Missouri. Today is Wednesday, February 28th. We are here to kind of update you on what's going on in the state legislature. So with me tonight, State Representative Tracy McCreary from Olivet, St. Louis County. And I'm State Senator Jill Shoup from St. Louis County, 24th Senatorial District. So it's been a fascinating couple of weeks, I think, since we last spoke to you. Uh, Yesterday, I just want to mention, was the opening of filing. Mm -hmm. So we'll just take a minute and talk about that. So that means that candidates from all over the state who want to run for office came to Jefferson City. This was the first day that they could come. They have a month. But they came to Jefferson City to put their name in, to be part of the democratic process, to say, yes, I, too, want to uh, work on public policy and run for office. So saw a lot of people, and I was able to file yesterday. I think... I filed today. Right. Hey, I... Wednesday or Tuesdays are my busy, busy day, so I couldn't get away from work to go file for office, so I did that today. All right. So yeah. you are running for your I office I am. Again, I'm running for re-election, yes. I'm doing the same thing. And speaking of filing, tomorrow, March 1st, is the last day that we can file new pieces of legislation. Right. So both in the House and in the Senate. Exactly. I'm keenly aware of that because I have one bill that I'm still working on with a Republican. Um, so we will be filing it probably at the last possible minute tomorrow. Right. And we have one bill left to file tomorrow, maybe two, that we're finishing up. Uh, and we will do our best to get those in tomorrow. If not, then they will yeah. either get put on, we hope, as an amendment somewhere down the road, or we will start when the process begins again next year assuming that we're that I'm reelected and you will be for sure I'm okay well I that. feel the same way about you and I'm <laughs> hopeful that that happens for both of us so yes filing is is uh, filing for office and filing bills are mm-hmm. sort of the topics today um, I wanted to talk about the fact that this morning in the committee that I serve on seniors family and children we passed a bill that we've been working on this session uh, we also worked on it last session It's with regard to suicide prevention and awareness, and it ensures that the people who provide mental health services to patients in our state have some training in suicide prevention and awareness. Currently, they're not required to have that to... Kind of shocked by that. Yeah, so um, I'm delighted to say that that bill passed unanimously out of committee and that it passed with consent status, which means that when it does move to the floor it will move through quickly because it's unable to be amended. And we think that since it's a, a nonpartisan bill and has had bipartisan support, that at the time, when the time comes that it moves to the floor, it will move quickly forward and go over to the House. So it's almost, I don't know if I want to say ironic, but very timely. Or bittersweet, the, maybe? Bittersweet yeah. that that happened today because today we also got news that one of your former colleagues, one of my former mm-hmm. colleagues in the House, uh, took his life. That's, At least that is, you know, we. I think that... That's what's being reported That's anyway. what's being reported. Mm-hmm. So um, former Representative Keith English, um, who served in Missouri's House from 2013 to 2016, is reported to have taken his life earlier today. And, you know, this is a time when we're talking about Gun violence, Mm -hmm. and we have yet to get final details, but our understanding was um, that there was a gun involved. Yeah, there was a firearm found on the scene, according to news reports. Yeah, I, you know, 
these mass shootings or these shootings that happen in public places seem to be the things that grab headlines. But the reality is, is most of the gun deaths in this country are suicide deaths. And we just really don't talk about that much. And I think part of that is, you know, in, in our society, it's still really hard to talk about mental health. It's also, you know, really hard to talk about suicide. But, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're still, I still feel like I'm reflecting and trying to compose myself um, based on what happened in Florida with that latest school shooting. But, you know, the, the number of suicides, suicides happen every day. And if you attempt suicide with a gun, you're pretty much going to be successful at that suicide attempt. That's exactly right. And um, I have some facts and figures here in front of me that I'll just share that Missouri has the 16th highest suicide rate in the United States. And we have figures from 2015, 1,052 Missourians died due to suicide the 10th leading cause of death death for all Missourians and the second leading cause for those ages 25 to 34, the third for those ages 10 to 24, and what we've learned recently is it's a there's a very high rate of suicide for uh, senior citizens. Right. So the idea that access to guns for people who want to complete or who want to commit suicide or who make that plan, as you stated, it's almost always successful. Right. Uh, when they take their lives, well, attempt to take their lives. We heard that way. testimony. I sit on the General Laws Committee over on the House side, as you know, and we've spent about six hours hearing a bunch of different, I think, eight different gun bills on Monday, starting at noon. Went from noon to four and then came back and went from like six to maybe ten or something like that. So it was a long, very emotional day. Well, so let me just ask you. So with the prevalence of gun violence with the 17 people who were recently killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High in Parkland, Florida, these must have been bills to limit our access to... Well, <laughs> if, if the world was ruled by people like you, yes, we would have had a hearing looking at bills that could actually help reduce violence and maybe make our schools safer. But instead, the bill that got the most attention was a bill that would that I, you know, call the guns everywhere bill. It would allow guns in daycares and guns in bars and it would allow guns on college campuses. And I'm sure there are people listening to this right now that think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. And I I actually sort of wish I was exaggerating, but I'm not. This bill you know, we Missouri already has some of the loosest gun laws in the country, and it's just shocking to me that some of my colleagues can continue to find ways to make guns more accessible, and um, it, it's just disheartening to tell you the truth. Right now in Missouri, as we know from the bill that has already passed, not this year, but prior to this year, that you can conceal and carry a weapon without any kind of permit or training in the state of Missouri. Um, so you may be carrying a weapon you don't even know how to use right. on your person and... Heaven knows what what that could result right. in. So exactly. I know that you and I have been filing legislation to put into place some common sense laws around protecting people from gun violence. Right. And well, let's talk about a few yeah, of the things I, that you're I appreciate on. that. So last night I was honored to uh, co-present a House bill with a Republican colleague of mine, Republican Donna Lichtenegger from the Cape Girardeau area. It was a bill that, a bipartisan effort to close a loophole that the Missouri legislature, I believe, accidentally created when we put Senate Bill 656 into law back in 2016. So I'll try to explain this without boring anyone to tears, but the only, so the federal law since 1997, there were laws in place that would say that some, that someone that was a domestic abuser could not possess a firearm. So that's been in federal law since 97. 
the only place it showed up in Missouri law was within the concealed carry weapon chapter of our statute. So when we started messing with that law and and said that basically people don't need to go through the concealed carry permit process to have a gun, we basically eliminated like a protection for victims of domestic violence. So um, when we passed that bill during veto session of 2016, people on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, both said acknowledge that we were cre- we knew we were creating a problem, but that we would come back and fix it. So I had a hearing last night with a Republican colleague of mine to try to close that loophole, and I think it went really well. Well, I'm certainly hopeful that it did go really well because we don't want people who are the victims of domestic violence and abuse to be then further threatened with guns by their abusing partner. Right, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're working on legislation that, that takes care of that loophole, too. Uh, we also have an anti-bump stock law. Oh, good. So the bump stocks, as you know, are some kind of device that is put onto um, a semi-automatic gu- uh, rifle that will turn it into virtually a machine gun. And this was the, the kind of gun that was used in Las Vegas uh, that, in a matter of 10 minutes, killed 58 people and wounded 489 people. So part of our legislation includes the um, outlawing of bump stocks to turn these guns into virtually fast-acting machine guns. And we also have the what's typically known as red flag in our bill, which mm-hmm. says that if you know someone, you have a, a relative or someone you're close to, who looks like they are in a position to hurt themselves or someone else and they possess a gun, that you can petition the court to have that gun, have them turn in that gun or have that gun removed from their possession. To me, that just seems like common sense. And just like reading the news reports after the shootings at that school in Florida, there were people that knew this young man that were trying to get help, and they just didn't know where to turn. You know, they were, like, calling the FBI and, and making reports and such. If we had these red flag laws in place, I think it would give family members and loved ones who some, of someone who might be going through crisis a place to turn so they could say, hey, this person is at extreme danger of causing harm to himself or other people. Another name for this kind of law is an extreme risk protection order, and I think those four words say it best. It's not for just someone, you know, like casually like, oh, I'm having a bad day. This is, this is extreme. And, Serious, and right. more importantly, there are protections in place to protect people. We, we, we certainly don't want it to be used by someone just trying to get even with somebody. So the right. courts are involved in this. Right. It's a court there's process. A process. There is a process. And there's also a process on the tail end of it. If your weapon has been taken away that you can petition the court and say, hey, like, you know, like you can have your day. Right. And at a certain point in time, and when you're through that crisis, you're able to petition the court to get your gun back. Exactly. Yeah. It's a process. And I think it's critical, and I think it would do so much to help prevent suicides. I really do. I do think that people cry out for help um, leading up to suicide. And if a loved one had a way to remove a weapon from somebody, I, I really do think this these red flag bills or these extreme risk protection orders could be could actually save lives. Well, and so that I, I want to just um, give you a moment to gather your pencils together or to pay attention because we're going to provide you now with those hotline numbers. So the suicide hotline number is, and we're gonna I'm gonna repeat all of these again, but one eight hundred two seven three talk. That's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five eight two five five, which is also the word talk. So if you 
feel depressed and concerned and are having thinking about thinking about suicide, if you have suicidal ideation, if you are worried about what you might do to hurt yourself, or if you know someone who's in trouble, please call that suicide hotline number 1-800-273-8255. And don't be scared to do that. There are people that are there that you can talk to. You can remain anonymous. They can can talk to you. So please don't don't hesitate to reach out. And sometimes when you're when you're depressed, sometimes you just need somebody to hear you out. This is not somebody who knows you. This is somebody who's going to listen to you and and help you get through this moment in time. So Another number we have for you um, is the Missouri crisis number. So if you are angry or concerned or feeling like lashing out in some way, or you are feeling suicidal or know someone who needs some kind of help in a crisis situation, there is a number for you to call. It is 1-888-761-4357. Again, the Missouri crisis number is 1-888-761-4357. And again, we want to make sure it is worth making a phone call. Just give yourself time, get some information, talk to somebody who understands how to deal with the problems that you or someone you know or love or care about is dealing with. We also have a number that you can just text. So you text the word HAND, H-A-N-D, like giving a helping hand. Text HAND to 839-863. So again, text the word HAND, H-A-N-D, to 839-863. You may be responsible for saving someone's life. So take a moment, make sure you have those numbers, and make the call, even if you're calling about yourself or someone else. Um We all need some help sometimes, Mm -hmm. and these lines are there for people who are going to listen to you and and talk to you and help you through these crisis moments in your lifetime. Exactly. And today was the day uh, that the kids at at, uh, the school went back to school for the first time since this incident on February 14th, and I can't imagine... You know, I'm sure it was good for them to be together, but there must be a big hole mm-hmm. in that school, and those people's lives are forever changed. Right. So, but I'm I'm hopeful that society in our country is going to be forever changed by the passion and the energy coming out of this movement. I, quite frankly, have felt really frustrated with um, w- the way this country has been going with our lax gun laws. And I'm so hopeful and excited that these young people have really been able to to make a difference. We've seen some big things happen in the last couple of weeks since this Valentine's Day shooting. Another way I think these young students and kids around the country are making a difference is we're starting to see corporate America respond. Walmart has decided and announced that they're no longer going to be selling guns or ammunition to those under the age of 21, which I consider a huge victory. So I hope that these young people know how much we're supporting them and are um, so appreciative that they're taking this on. And um, I'm looking forward to going to Washington, D.C. on March 24th to join these young people in their march on Washington to stand up for common sense gun laws. So I'm really, I've been inspired by them as well. In addition, Dick's Sporting Goods is not selling anything to anyone under 21, and they are done selling assault weapons. That's so, amazing. And when I say not selling anything, of course, we're talking about guns here. <laughs> right. so I wanna, not clothing. You I can still buy clear. clothing you and camping supplies at Dick's. Supplies, yes. Right. 
Uh, so it's great to see them taking a stand. And uh, again, as you said, these young students, these are our, mm-hmm. I mean, what an expensive price to pay for the lesson learned. But the, what they are learning is that they can stand up and speak out and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And certainly no higher price to pay. Representative McCreary, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Senator Shoup. And thanks, everybody, Mom, Dad, for tuning in. (laughs) Um, You know, serious stuff going on here in the legislature and around the state and nation, and we appreciate the opportunity to let you know our perspective. And that's all for this week's episode of Heads Up Missouri. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find links to any of the bills that were discussed in the episode in our show notes. If you'd like to reach us, you can find us at headsupmissouri.com, email us at headsupmissouri at gmail.com, or tweet us at headsupmo. And music this week is from bensound.com.